Hey, Jimmy, you know what time it is? Game time. It is time to order Doc and Devo gear for Christmas presents, whether it's for yourself, which are like the kind of presents I like to get. I'd get myself presents. That's the because, best kind of present. Because that, people don't know, know what to get not, me. Then you know it's not bad. Yeah, I know it's good. Exactly. It's going to fit. It's going to mm. be the one I want. And I know, I know what these, I know what our listeners want. They want Doc and Devo gear. And I know you put together some kind of a sale, some kind of a thing, right? Where like, if they order two t-shirts, they get 15% off, right? That's right. 15% and off and free shipping. Free shipping. Anywhere in the continental, continental yeah, United States. States. Yeah, right. Within the U.S. So, so no Canada. So no get, Alaska. Get your Christmas D&D gear. Go to jofostore.com. That's J-O-F-O store.com for 15% off two or more t-shirts and free shipping. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. My name is Steve McCoy, and... I'm a member of Redeemer Fellowship. You are a member of Redeemer mm, Fellowship. Finally. And uh, Was I a member last time I was on here? I don't know. Probably, probably not. You, you were pretty quick, weren't no, you? No, he was pretty no. slow. I was pretty... I was, were, I was, I was you, medium slow. No, medium, okay. Yeah, you were checking out other churches, so... <laughs> yeah, you went to Harvest. <laughs> J-Mac, fist bumping J-Mac. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Steve's so embarrassed right yeah. now. It's <laughs> Harvest. So, okay, so Steve, um, what do you do here at Redeemer? What are some of the ways in which you're like plugged in? Uh, RCG, I go there probably half the time. So and, the community uh, group. Yeah, <laughs> community group. Yeah, Jimmy did that in the sermon this morning, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. What, talked about you? Talked about CG without yeah. saying what it was, so visitors coming wouldn't know nah, what Nah, you know what? I'm not here to speak to visitors. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing uh, nobody was here to listen to you. So that's, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> lowest attended. So, uh, I'm so you're, so you're I'm involved in CG about a quarter group. group. I've taught it a few times, and I serve as a key host here on Sunday mornings on occasion. And yeah. And love people. I just talked with somebody today who uh, needed some help with somebody who's struggling with their parenting, and they want us to come in and try to give some advice and some some guidance, which is cool. Did you recommend the spanking stick again? No, but I... (laughs) I, the the conversation came up because I pretended to take my Bible and hit someone. Yeah, good. Yeah, oh. and so I was telling them, this, is, to this hit is how kid? we disciplined my children. Were you pretending to hit my kid? We don't, no, we don't pretend no. with your kids. Your kids <laughs> cried before I could even do anything to I them. I know. Do you remember why? <laughs> <laughs> I remember why you think. <laughs> so Steve's sitting down with us. Um, we wanted to, uh, you know, it's Christmas time. We just uh, we just finished having a, an awesome service. Uh, great corporate worship. Jimmy was preaching the gospel out of uh, Gospel of Mark. Uh, really good uh, Lord's Day. And, um, and so we just thought, let's go ahead, sit down and record on a topic that comes up every year. And we all have thoughts and convictions and practices that re- revolve around this idea. And so we thought... We wanted, we always looking for a reason to get Steve in here anyways. And, uh, just so or to happened, keep him out. We, yeah, we, well, yeah. We're doing both. Yeah. Get in and get out. Yeah. This is my second time. So it's not like you're looking for lots of reasons. Uh, we are always looking for, this is how hard it is to come up with a good reason. Cause it's <laughs> like, we can't, like we're, we're like, always, yeah, we're like, no, Steve can't handle that. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk little, about that. Yeah. This is theology. Let's find something else we can talk about. So, uh, <laughs> today we're going to wind up, we're going to talk a little bit about Santa Claus. Mm. Santa Claus, not St. Nicholas. No, 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 no. No, he, he he cool. Yeah. So now Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah. Now, Steve, spoiler alert, if there's parents with children that are listening who've been lied to. <laughs> what I say? No, stop it. Stop oh. it. Steve, I'm going to let you know. It's time for you to know. 
Santa Claus is not real. Mm, but he's in lots of movies. Yeah, no. Just because you see him in films, mm. like, like oh, Black Christmas, mm, <laughs> si- uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know mm-hmm. what? I don't. I don't remember seeing Santa Claus in Die Hard. It, it's an interesting note. Yeah, no, he's not in there. No, no, no. But the hat is. Listen, and it says ho ho ho. Here's the thing. No, here's the thing. Uh, Bruce Willis is metaphorically Santa Claus in <laughs> that. What he's sneaky, sneaking down the vents. Mm. He's, oh. he's bringing all Dude, kinds of. Mine is blown yeah. right now. Yeah, he, that's he, really good. Look at that. Mm. The sneaking down the vents. Sneaking mm. down the vents. He's yeah. you know giving gifts of freedom yeah. he's, he's to not, good people. Right. He's not. He's not from there. Right. He's 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 come from far away. He flew in like the sleigh. Yeah, that's right. All the way over. He gets there and uh, yeah. His and he's ma- there to give the gift of life. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's mm. right, Bruce Willis. That's mm-hmm. Ed Stetzer was wrong. Oh, oh no, Ed Stetzer's wrong a lot. Come on, hey Ed, <laughs> stop pushing back on Bruce Willis. So we're gonna talk about Santa. Hey, by the way, um, what's your favorite Santa Claus movie? You could you got one? You guys like Santa Claus movies? I have not watched. I can't think of like the last on Thirty Fourth Street or something. Yeah, no, I, it's been I wasn't a long really time. Into that one. Santa Claus movies. The Santa Claus. Yeah, with you Tim know, Allen. Okay, that, I that remember one. that one. Yeah, that was the first. That's one. probably the that last one I've one? seen with my kids. What other ones have Santa Claus? I just saw the uh, I saw the Rudolph one where Santa's trying to convince you know Rudolph to come and use his shiny nose. And oh, it's like the animation the play, the one, yeah, yeah. one or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, that's Stop good. Uh, I like Krampus movies. I like that. I like, so I I, wait, Krampus? Oh yeah, Krampus. I buy, I like to bypass Santa and go straight for Krampus. The German one? What, what's, Krampus. what's Krampus? Krampus is like uh, the demonic figure, uh, the 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 other the other part of the Christmas story with Santa. So like in Eastern European, like definitely in Germany, this was a thing. Now it's popular here in the States. But Krampus was uh, so Santa would come to bring presents for good boys and girls. Yeah. And Krampus would show up and beat bad children with sticks and would sometimes uh, take a child, put it in a sack and take it and uh, kill him and eat him. So Krampus was the one you had to watch out for. Santa was like, OK, he's not going to give me something big deal. But if you're bad. Krampus, Krampus is, is on kind of, his yeah, way. That's how the Germans do it. Like, yeah. You better watch out. You better not Wasn't cry. Wasn't Dwight Schrute like the, the Santa I was character. actually trying to think of his Didn't name. did he give like Pam batteries or something? Exactly. And he hit with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Belschnickel. It was Belschnickel. <laughs> I don't remember. You guys correct. watched way too much. Of The uh, Office. Yes. Jimmy five. used an office illustration <laughs> in the sermon today. Yeah. And it wasn't like a general. It was a very specific one. Yeah. That you would only understand if you regularly watch the show. Yeah. It don't you matter. Half the people got it. Yeah. And I, someone shook my hand. And that's the better half. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. The ones uh, who know it are the better half of the, the They're just half. I can't, I'm not going to sit here. No, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> well, I'm not an elder. I can say what I want. Yeah. You know what is better, though? You know, when we talk about, like, better halves and, and Molly. Molly Maxwell is yeah, she's, a. She's the better half. She's the better half of Paul Maxwell. Hang and, on, hang on. Before you go any further. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say anything I shouldn't say, but. I was on your phone recently, Jimmy, and I saw that you had a you got a private message from Paul Maxwell's wife, and she was referring to you as daddy. Could you explain this to me? <laughs> That's not. There's no. Oh no, no, you, no, it's oh, true. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. right. Now, okay, it w- it was on Instagram. <laughs> it was an Instagram <laughs> was direct an message. <laughs> Poor Molly's gonna be devastated yeah, that, that we hey, shared That's this. life, girl. So okay, it's a video. <laughs> I get this. I was like, oh, you receive a, you got a private message from Molly. And we've all been talking to the Maxwells. Yeah, and because, they're, because yeah. they're coming over this right. weekend. And uh, so it's her with her dog looking at the ca- at the camera, recording a video saying, oh, daddy's going to be home. When's daddy going to be home? You looking forward to seeing your daddy? Like, where's daddy, daddy? Where's daddy, daddy? And it's meant for like the dog, daddy, Paul. 
She meant to send it to Paul. <laughs> oh, so it was an accidental. It was an, oh, it was an no. accidental sent to me. So then Joe and I re- re- respond with a video, just asking the question to the dog. You know, right. oh, who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> and sent it. And uh, Molly, well, you could say the word. She was mortified. She was. was uh, oh, I she felt was so very horrible. embarrassed. She's like, yeah. I can't believe I just sent that to your group. I was like, No, no, no you sent it to me, and I shared it with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. But they're coming over this weekend. Right. So they're going to be, we're going to be hanging out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, now, Paul has a giveaway. Listen. From Selfwire. We have always done the best giveaways. Mm-hmm. Like, no other podcast has come close in the Christian world to the kind of giveaways that we do until Paul. Yeah, until Paul. Now, what's Paul doing? Paul knows that everybody loves Doc and Devo. Everybody loves Doc and Devo. And he knows that everybody wants to go to the Doctrine and Devotion Conference. But Paul is a, Paul's like Santa Claus. Right. Mm. Because he is giving the gift of not just a free uh, registration for the conference, but a free plane ticket to Chicago from anywhere in the continental United States. If you enter Paul's contest, the self-wire contest giveaway, you have a chance to have Paul buy you a plane ticket to get you to Chicago, buy you entrance into our conference. And he's going to buy you a cigar and he's going to sit down and chop it up with you at La Vida Cigars. That's amazing. That's such a great it's giveaway. The best giveaway ever. It's amazing. It really is. It really is. So you got to head on over to selfwire.org uh, for details. You got to share. We'll uh, have a link in the show yeah, notes that tells you, you where share to go. All that stuff. So here we are. We're here with Steve. And we're going to talk about Santa Claus. Why is this something we even need to talk about? Like, why why would we have uh, an episode (laughs) on Jolly St. Nick? Well, Christians differ on how to treat Santa in our culture. It, uh, you know, among Christian-ish people, at least in our culture, Santa's uh, everywhere. And it's in all of our advertising and holiday stuff. But uh, yeah, as as a Christian, I remember uh, I became a Christian as a young adult, um, and after I was married, and while we're thinking about having kids and what that would look like, and I remember immediately thinking, "What do we do? Do we do it different right now that we're Christians?" And it happens with it happens with Halloween. Like a lot of Christians, yeah. like, oh, "What do we what do we do with Halloween now? What do we do with Christmas?" And the reason there is uh, so much back and forth on. On Christmas and Santa Claus in particular is because there is this, uh, I don't know, you could call it a supernatural, uh, mythological fantasy story that we tell our children about the man who knows whether you're good or bad and mm. he rewards you if you're good uh, with, with these presents. He sneaks into the house and he gives these presents and it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun story. Sort of, you and know, you appease him with, you know, milk and cookies. Yeah, well, in my house, it was uh, Miller Lite and pretzels. But uh, Really? <laughs> it was the 70s, so, you know. Um, I'm about to tell my kids that. <laughs> Miller Lite. Miller Lite he ain't and pretzels. Driving. The reindeer are driving. He can have the Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you got to, um, you know, the, 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 it's, it's a mythological, it's a fun sort of story that people tell. And why do Christians, why do many Christians push back against it? Like, what, what, are, what are the concerns that are raised? Steve? Yeah, so <laughs> you looking at me. Yeah, that's what you're here for. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the concern is is that we're teaching our kids something um, that's going to distract them from the Christmas message, right? The incarnation okay. of uh, the Son of God. We have we have competing messages now. When I was a kid, it never felt like a competing message. It felt like Santa was the main message. You'd also go to church, but you went to church to get through it so that you could go do Santa things, right? Do, do present things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, in, in lots of ways, I, I feel like the Santa story is kind of the earliest gospel that I ever believed in, a, a type of gospel. Uh, what in, do you mean? In, in which you, depending on whether you did good or bad, you got, uh, you know, you received good things or you were somehow punished. And of course, I didn't, I don't think anybody too much thinks of the punishment side of things because the parents typically just give in, right? Yeah, yeah, there's um, no coal. But the, we're not in Germany. Where yeah, but the, but the point is, is be good or you don't get the reward. Right. Uh, so thinking back on Christmas and, and on Santa in, in my childhood, uh, I feel like that was the first time I ever believed in something that kind of had this overarching narrative that taught me uh, not just right from wrong, but whether or not I would be received or rejected. Yeah. It's like, that's, it's a, it's a deep, it's a deep thing. Um, now when you were little though, like you believed in Santa Claus at some point. Yes. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Sancho Claus. No, I, no, I did not believe. <laughs> I don't know. They, I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works. <laughs> no, no. I, I probably believed until like I was six. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. I believed like until about six, five or six right in there. Yeah. Um, so all of our parents, you know, lied to us and uh, told us to base our, our hope of, of eternal reward on how good we are. So that's great. Um, <laughs> what? So, and how, how far? How far did they go? Like, so like you guys got presents that were written from Santa. I did. Did we, we some some of our we had stockings and yeah. that was all from Santa ah. and then we typically had at least one good thing that yeah. was also from Santa and occasionally something under the tree that was also wrapped in my mom's handwriting said Santa <laughs> <laughs> did it have special paper that it wasn't matching the other I, one? I don't remember we had special paper no like kidding. it was crazy what about you Jimmy yeah I think it was all from Santa everything was just Santa yeah, yeah. that's that, I had a lot of friends like that it was, everything was from everything Santa. was from Santa that, my, probably so that you wouldn't even bother your parents the rest of the year. Because then they know. <laughs> then like, they know. Well, I don't do it. Santa does. You yeah, got to go Santa, buy the Santa. Oh, yeah, you oh that's, that's interesting. You know what? I have never thought of that. You don't have to put the pressure on your parents to get you things for Christmas yeah. because it all comes from Santa. You can call yeah. that Santa hotline. All you got to do is go to the have. mall, sit on a lap, say what you want, and then the, the, the parents get off. And then do right. what you want to do. Because it's your thing. Wow. Um, my parents actually went to the trouble of... Uh, ringing sleigh bells early in the morning outside my window wow. to fool me that Santa was just taken off. Like they, like they, they, they went for it. Man, I believed it. Um, they were all about deceiving you. All right. So is, is there, is there a, an issue here? Like, let's just say this. Um, we aren't mad about the Santa issue. We have, no. we, we really don't care what people do with, with Santa Claus. Um, in, in many ways, but, um, we have some, some thoughts and, and, and some opinions on it. Like, um, is there a place for Santa? I mean, is, is, is there a place for Santa in the life of a Christian family who wants their kids to understand that really Jesus is supposed to be, uh, the emphasis, the focus of our lives. And at this time of year, it really ought to be, you know, sort of a, a, an increasing, uh, a brighter spotlight on the incarnation, for example, is there a place for Santa or is there no place for Santa? And I don't mean St. Nicholas, I mean Santa. Yeah, for me, there uh, there was, for our kids, uh, a place for Santa. Um, and it was essentially enjoying some of the fruits of the, the tradition of Santa. Yeah. We had, our kids had stockings. And, you know, it was it was odd because with us, we we taught our kids that there was no Santa. We taught them straight up. There was never a time when they believed otherwise, as far as we understand. We never taught it differently than that. But when we would go to grandma's house, grandma did Santa. And so we would have to actually teach our kids, you're going to be Make a part, you're going to be a part of that story yeah, yeah. with grandma. You're not going to lie to her, but you're going to be a part of that story and just enjoy that part of the story. But you, you know differently. 
Yeah, we we did we didn't um, we always told our kids the story of Saint Nicholas, heretic puncher. Uh, so we we like that. And, uh, and Jen's from Germany. So like, you know, she, we incorporate some of those traditions as well, but we always looked at Santa Claus as the, as not just a, a, a mythical figure, but, but a pop culture icon that, yeah. uh, that is a real part of our culture in our day. And, but sort of like Mickey mouse, right? It's, uh, Santa's cool, but he's just yeah. a character is what he is. And so there are certain cultural artifacts and traditions that come with that. And you can enjoy those. We can have fun. But we wanted our kids to kind of know where the where the truth lines were. For us, that was important. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, I think for us, uh, um, what was important for us was not to – it doesn't sound better now that I say it out loud, but to, <laughs> to, to not lie to them. Yeah. So for us, like we don't, we don't tell them that there's a Santa uh, if they ask us. Like for part of it's like the innocence, right? Like innocence of youth, they're make believing. We make very clear distinction between truth, that the gospel is true, that the Bible is true, that Jesus is real. If they ask me, you know, I've had Cohen a few times. He'll ask, uh, is Santa real? And I'll be like, well, what do you think? Kind of a thing. He'll say, uh, I don't think he's real. I'm like, yeah. You're you smart. Yeah. Uh, don't go <laughs> tell your friends that. Leave your brother and sister alone. You know, like kind of a thing. Like don't ruin it for. You want for them others. to kind of figure it out. You exactly. kind of want them to process it on their own instead of exactly. just telling them outright. That's right. But what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to lie to them and mm-hmm. say that there is a Santa because I didn't want down the line this nagging thought of like, well, if dad was lying about Santa, is dad lying about Jesus? Kind of a thing. So if one of your kids believes in Santa or says, mm-hmm. I believe Santa's real, how do you treat that then? Well, in that case, I would say. Has that happened? Uh, no, that hasn't happened. Okay. So I haven't had that experience yet. Um, but I think I would, I would say, well, you know, Santa, Santa's a story, you know, there's a story of Santa, uh, and a lot of people believe in that. A lot of kids believe in that, but you know, uh, what I do believe in son is I believe in what the Bible says about Jesus. And so I don't know, that one's a hard one. I haven't actually had that experience yet of saying, uh, of having to go through that. Uh, so I really should probably it's kind of a wait through. and see approach. Once it happens, you'll do it. Once it happens, it. Yeah. Then, I'll, then I'll, you know, probably your kids are young. To, your kids are still yeah, very young. Correct. Right. So at some point, I'm going to have to confront that because yeah. I also don't want my kid to be, you know, 12 years old thinking they're Santa. I'm going to deal with that. <laughs> Unless it makes them really well behaved. Then just let it ride. Let it ride. Let it go. <laughs> let it ride till he's 19. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, let it go. Oh, let no. it go. I don't remember the rest of the song. song. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that movie. I liked it. Um, Frozen. Frozen. (laughs) Don't do inside jokes. (laughs) Nobody's going to get Jimmy and I do it too much as it is. So this, one of the thoughts that I've been um, pushing this year and pushing kind of through my, my, my own processes. um, And it's been coming out in some of my teaching is that um, some Christians are like overly concerned about Santa and and what I mean is, is they not only aren't going to tell their kids the Santa story, they're going to be sure to let them know that there is no Santa. And they're going to go beyond that. They're going to say, like, there is no Santa playing. There is no Santa enjoying. There will be yeah. no Santa in our house. And my problem is that uh, th- th- they're doing this from a posture of fear where, like, if we let Santa in the door, I mean, just rearrange those letters. We all know what it spells. It spells Satan. If you let Santa in that door, he's going to distract from Jesus as if, um, you know, the 
the the carved wooden figure that sits you know there with the white beard and the red coat is somehow more distracting than your elf on a shelf or mm. than the presents that you give on Christmas Day anyways. Um, I, I just find that there is not only some inconsistency with the fear of allowing Santa to have any place in a Christian home from the, from those people from some people. I find an inconsistency because they allow so many other potential distractions, yeah. not just in the door, like they, they will highlight them. And what I, my, my view increasingly is if you, if we take Jesus seriously and if we're educating our kids about Jesus um, and we're, we're teaching on the incarnation and everything, there, there are two ways that we can go about this. That I think that are, one's a little controversial. One is that, um, we don't have to be afraid of Santa because uh, they know that Jesus is real, that Santa is not. We can play the game and all of that and allow Santa to come in on whatever level we deem appropriate. But we could even not do the incarnation thing at all at Christmas time. We could not me- – we wouldn't have to mention – like we could celebrate an American Christmas, right, which would mean no Jesus, just good tales of morality and transformation mm. and generosity. And I don't think it would hurt anyone's faith if we didn't push Jesus – if we didn't – in other words, if we didn't follow the liturgical calendar when it comes to Christmas or Easter, I don't think it would necessarily hurt our kids if we're doing our job as disciple-making parents throughout the year. Mm. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's I think you're right, Joe, because I think what we put is too much emphasis on the discipleship during that season rather than uh, discipling, discipling our children holistically. Right. Is that what you're that's yeah. really kind of trying to refer to? Because I think like, listen, I, I love Christmas. I like the I like the I like the Advent Christmas Christian aspect of it. And I like the secular Bing Crosby aspect to it. Right. I like I like all the Christmas. Um, I like Santa Claus. I like Krampus. I like Die Hard. I like all of Christmas. Um, but it all has its proper place. Right. So um, Jesus is Lord and King. And that is universal all year long. The, the calendar is moderately I wouldn't even say important is moderately interesting and helpful to me at times. Um, but these other things are so small. Like Santa Claus is a very small figure. It's a very small idea. He's not real. And I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. So if I didn't, even if like, I know Christians who would say we don't do Christmas at all. We don't, we don't, I mean, don't do Santa or don't do Christmas. They don't do the Christian aspect of, of Christmas. They only do the secular and they're serious Christians who are sold out for Jesus. They are all Jesus all the time, but when it comes to Christmas, they're like, we're not going to, we're not going to try and demean Jesus and demote him into a holiday uh, figure. Okay, that's for Santa. Santa gets the holiday figure. He's the centerpiece on the table. Uh, that's fine. Jesus is bigger than that, so we're not even going to play that game. So I'm just saying, like, I've known other people who kind of go in an extreme direction, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's unhealthy. I just think it's on it's on one end of a spectrum that says uh, we're going to keep Jesus first and foremost in our hearts and in our lives, and we're going to have a good time at Christmas time without getting into that fight about what place Santa should have. I find that odd. Do you find that odd? I, I, I don't know if I find it odd. I think it's, I think it's interesting to discuss. I mean, yeah. maybe that's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it made me, I mean, we basically had, we didn't define it this way when our kids were small, but we, we basically taught it this way is there's like three laws of Christmas. The first is there's no Santa as much as that doesn't seem helpful for some people who want that aspect. Um, but then the other two were so, but you're not going to tell anybody else to our kids. You're not yeah, going to tell anybody yeah. else that. 
And you're also not going to judge anybody else for that. And so when when you t- talk about how some people do it, even serious Christians, and they go ahead and do the Santa thing full on. Oh, I don't mean they pretend that Santa's real. So what, okay, then I didn't understand what you said. I just mean that, they, that they, they can enjoy all of the secular aspects of Christmas without trying to drag Jesus into it. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, that's fair. But they don't drag Is that Jesus the way you understood what he said? No, I, that's not the way I understood yeah, it. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm not, I haven't articulated this well. So, yeah, I'm just saying, like, there. Are, I know these, these, these are Reformed guys who will enjoy the secular cultural Christmas holiday season, and they don't drag Jesus into it because they don't have any use for the liturgical calendar. And so they'll enjoy – all the stuff that we enjoy, they're not going to tell their kids that there is a Santa Claus, but Santa as a part of the cultural aspect of it, right? Like that's just kind of a normal thing for mm-hmm. them. Um, and so, yeah, but my, the, the, what I, to me is striking is, is they would view bringing Jesus into Christmas as a, almost a demotion uh, because the, 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 the extra biblical holiday itself is not that important. And so whether it's they don't like the origin of it or they don't like what it's become, I'm not really sure. But I find it interesting that they would say, if we do in our job discipling our kids and teaching them who Jesus really is around the year, then we don't have to worry about saying anything about Jesus during Advent or Christmas. But see, see, that's the thing, though, is that I think part of that discipling, though, is you've got a built in Mm -hmm. season to really focus on the incarnation. I agree. And so that's the part that's odd to me is. You know, you're saying you're, it's almost like that overreaction, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand. I, I, I get to to the point, but I think you've got a built-in time to really disciple your children on the importance of the incarnation, the importance of of our God taking on flesh and dwelling among us, and competing worldviews, yeah. competing I, I, ideologies, and and idols. That I mean, so yeah. I agree. I, I think we we want to take every opportunity that we have culturally. I mean, disciple making happens in culture. It happens in the context of of of, uh, of the friction between competing ideas and beliefs. And yeah. so to not do it to me is a weird thing. I just find it interesting that there yeah. that I'm finding these guys that are saying like we we don't do Christmas at our church at all. There is no Christmas at all at our church. No advent Nothing. sermon series. No. no. Even a sermon on Sunday nope. of Christmas morning nope. would not be Nothing. They don't do it. That is that is a cultural thing. That's fine in your homes. We're not going to bring it into the church. So again, for us here at Redeemer, like we believe like, well, the whole culture is talking about this. Let's go ahead and draw some really clear lines between what the culture is talking about Correct. and what the scripture actually says. Correct. So the, um, and what a great opportunity just to yeah. back off that or to jump on that. What a great opportunity. Cause often for those that maybe nominal, right? These seasonal believers, well, quote, the, the seasonal attendees, uh, now they have an opportunity to hear the gospel mm-hmm. in terms that they can understand right. when, you know, uh, in a culture, in, in a cultural sense, right? And I think that to me is, is really key here as well, is you're not just speaking to your own, but you're speaking to visitors during the season. And so you've got the opportunity to say, well, hold on. Yes, look at all the joy and festivities that are going on, but you find true joy in, in repentance, in because Christ, the Christ yeah. has come. This is what Jimmy just preached on. Today. Yeah, there you go. Inside joke. So What's the inside um, joke? I wouldn't call his sermon a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like nobody knows the joke. context of saying whoa. that. Whoa, you know, it's, it's if you're going to get anything. on me for saying something that nobody knows. Don't listen. Don't challenge stop my, it. Yeah, don't, stop don't challenge it. This my is my podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> I think. The, I think the thing that I, I, the, the, the one thing I like about those those brothers that are kind of overreacting and going to that way is um, they're not afraid of the cultural 
um, holiday. And they believe that Jesus is bigger, genuinely bigger yeah. than any of these things. And I, and I, so what I, I don't see that in some of the Christian families that are struggling with, you know, how to really handle this. I'm not a, like, I'll, I'll put anybody up against Jesus anytime. I'll, you know, uh, Santa, Satan, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse, yeah. uh, a president, like Steve I, McCoy, Steve yeah. McCoy, the I'll Easter put, Bunny. Whoa, uh, whoa. Easter Bunny can hop. That too far? He he got hops. (laughs) So I I think like, I think we need that. We need to have that emphasis of the, the, the grandeur of Christ, the, the, the bigness of Christ. Cause I'm not, I'm not afraid of Santa eclipsing, eclipsing Jesus uh, or any of the cultural traditions. We've all agreed. We're not going to tell her. We haven't, we don't tell our kids that Santa's real. But I'm not worried about these things um, d- distracting my kids from from Jesus. I'm more concerned about whether or not I'm teaching my kids enough about Christ. Like, yes. that's that's for me a more important. Well, thing. can I can I kind of because I I think this leads well into something I'd like to say, which is one of the main ways that we parent our children is along the way, the Deuteronomy yeah. idea, right? That that as as you're going along your way, you're teaching your kids the stuff that are in front of them. The same way Jesus would use the world around him and make sure people could connect to eternal truths yeah. using things in, in culture and the world and the way God has uh, built the, you know, uh, ecological systems, the economies of the world, all mm-hmm. of that. And I don't want to waste Christmas because mm. Christmas taps into something that very few things in our culture do really well uh, and tries to bring it into almost a reality by teaching the, that Santa is real, yeah. at least for a short time, in that Christmas and the cultural sense of Christmas really taps into wonder in our kids. Mm. It taps into innocence. Yeah. yeah, it taps into to, uh, the simplicity of having awe in something and to walk down a city street and to see the lights. So last night I picked up uh, my youngest from somebody's house, hanging out all day, stayed the night the night before, picking him up, bringing him home. And instead of driving home uh, down the highway, we went a couple streets over to drive down Third Street in Geneva mm. because it's pretty and the Christmas decorations yep. and, and the lights and all of that. And so we're pointing, and this is our 15-year-old. This isn't a yeah. little tiny kid. And we're pointing out just the stuff down there because we had seen it before and wanted to say, just we want him to experience the beauty uh, and, and to have a little bit of that wonder still in that. But when our kids are the, at their youngest, their sense of wonder and their ability to believe in Santa it's it's the culture's way of tapping into something that does feel pure, even when it's a lie, if yeah. you want to call, say it that strongly. And I don't want to waste Christmas. I want I want to be able to use their ability to understand, uh, to use a more military term, shock and awe, and to be able to say, uh, when they're at their their younger ages, look at who Jesus is, look at what the incarnation is, and to let them go. That's that's crazy. That's amazing. That's ast- astonishing yeah. in the same way that we teach them to do that in cultural ways uh, that that get far but don't go far enough to really say this is what is bigger and more beautiful and the, the lights are brighter. This is the light of the world, not just these, these pretty mm-hmm. lights around us. So uh, that's something that we wanted to do with our kids and we did it to some degree of success and to some degree of failure, but to, to push them through that time period in their life to enjoy the beauty and the glory of the incarnation of Christ. So what you're talking about there, and I, yeah, I, I like really, that, Steve. I, I really like it. that. And Steve's new book, Don't Waste Your Christmas, coming out through um, <laughs> Desiring God Publications, will be available uh, at the end of December. Yeah, um, forward by Ed Stetzer. <laughs> oh, come on. 
So um, you, you specifically mentioned like the this this uh, phenomenological uh, experience, right, of, of lights and, and grandeur, uh, this sort of emotional and imaginative component, right, of, of the holidays that tap that taps into our kids. And you're saying like we ought to take those opportunities and help lead them through that beyond the culture and to the Christ, right? So I like that. It, it makes me think of another aspect of Christmas, which is like the, 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 the true, like American, like traditional Christmas, not the, you know, not, not Santa Claus so much, but the idea of, of, of personal reformation of character, of, 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 of generosity, uh, a Christmas Carol, for example. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So all stories like that, um, those like stories by like Washington Irving and Charles Dickens, those guys wrote stories in the 19th century that helped to shape the uh, and and actually transform Christmas in America, which had really fallen out of favor um, after the American Revolution. And uh, so, the, in in their writing and pushing on this idea of 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 compassion, of family, of forgiveness and how people can be better and should be better is a really noble thing to talk yeah. about. Um, it's, it's, it's about like there's dignity in people and we ought to therefore show compassion and honor them and, and we can become better people. And I, so I like the idea of, of what you're saying and applying it to the moral aspects of the, of the traditional American Christmas to say, uh, we all like the story of Christmas Carol. I think most of us do anyways. Uh, I mean, we all have our favorite version of it. I know, uh, Jimmy's is probably uh, Scrooged, but, uh, with Bill Murray, <laughs> but, um, which is, you know, a Christmas classic. We, uh, we, we like those stories because it taps in to this idea of not only like moral character, but, but becoming better people. And so, and, and a lot of people like, we, we talk about, hey, people are a little bit nicer uh, around this time of year. I, I've talked to a lot of salespeople and bank tellers and whatnot when I'm going in. I'm like, how are people? Like, well, people are generally in a better mood right now, and, yeah, and, yeah. by and large. And and some of the pushback sometimes from Christians is, is like, well, this is superficial. Their people are pretending to be nice. They're pretending to be better. They're not being real. And what I want to say is, is, well, first of all, I think they whether or not they're pretending is is up for debate, but they want to be better. There is something in us that says like, I, I, I want things to be better. And so Christmas is kind of highlighting that need for us to be better, which that is another thread or a theme that we can take into what you're talking about. How do we lead from character to Christ, you know, culture to Christ? Um, Christmas, I is, Christmas is the, <clears throat> the culture's way of saying I've, I have eternity in my heart, but I don't know what to do with it. And this is this is the best we can do. I heard I heard Chris Thiele, who's a musician, singer, songwriter. He was on NPR or some show uh, playing music, and he talked about walking to New York City and seeing the amazing lights. And and he made this song called Metamorphosis because the, we have a, a culture that's angry right now, yeah, and where people are are frustrated and politics and, and other and other things. And and he talked about maybe maybe Christmas points us to something a, a pathway forward, yeah, for a metamorphosis in our culture. And I thought that's so great and beautiful and i and i love it it just doesn't go far enough and i want i want to point to jesus and say he's the ultimate fulfillment of this this is um in in the same way every lord's day is easter Mm. um talking about all those moral things and, and everything else that's that's christmas and uh and i love that and i think we can use christmas to say this doesn't have to just be this time of year uh, there's there's someone who can bring this kind of joy and yeah. teach us that kind of generosity all at the same time uh, all year round. Yeah. We don't have to be adversarial about it. That's right. right. It's yeah, like, yeah. And th- and th- that's part of my th- what, what 
puts a bad taste in my mouth. It's like uh, we're going to disagree with the world and, 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 and the materialism and the greed and all of that. But the yearning to become the yearning to have enough the year like there there are ways in which we can say like okay so this is going wrong potentially here or this is definitely going wrong here but at the heart there is uh there is a need that can be met by christ and so i think rather than being adversarial and combative about we're going to take back christmas um instead we can we can help lead the way with i don't know optimistic enthusiasm mm. i'm not yeah. i'm not afraid like i don't i don't mind fighting like fighting is fine but i don't feel like this is a fight that we need to have uh, with a culture as much as it is a um a context in which we get to compare mm. uh what what we have the truth that we have and yeah instead of a fight it, it's uh, take the opportunity yeah so all right let's do this steve um we wanted to have you on to ask for some advice all right, so we got we got lots of people here at the church that are having lots of babies. We're 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 very you know we keep up the conjugal love here, as Richard Baxter would say. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, uh, what do you advise parents to do as it relates to Santa and Christmas? Like, can you give us some bullet points? Can you give us some general directions? Because they're raising kids, and you know we all figure it out as we go. But as a guy that has been there, done that, and your kids are now. Um, oh, by the way, your 15 year old is the size of a 25 year old gorilla. Oh my gosh, He's a huge boss. Um, what what advice would you give? Uh, I, I, there's a number of things. Uh, do do Santa how you want, uh, but I, I like Jimmy's aspect of not lying to your kids. I think that's important, um, but to make sure that Christmas is what it's supposed to be, um, and that means also allowing other people to do it their way. Yeah. Uh, you don't want your kid to be the one oh, no. in their third grade or first grade classroom you know, telling the other kids. Uh, I, I, we probably all have stories of somebody who kind of hinted and got us out of that. So we don't we don't want to be those people in our culture. Some heretic hunter. And we've all have we all escaped that? None of our kids have like been the. the I don't. I don't believe my kids yeah. have. No, none so of my kids that. have. Yeah. Feels good. Yeah. Right. Hey, have. there's a parenting win. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I I also would encourage parents to allow your gifts to be from you. So that your kids know, I mean, every Christmas has been a sacrifice for us. Even yeah. when we don't do tons of presents, it's it's always a sacrifice, and it's okay for your kids to know that this yeah. is how this is how much I love you. Um, this, this is what many it means dollars to, worth. This is what yeah, this many dollars. But I mean, it's you know, I, the sacrifice aspect of it is that I'm I'm trying to do something that's a blessing to you, not because I have to culturally, but because I want to. Yeah. Uh, so I like that aspect of it. Um, to, to make sure Christmas is about the gospel, we sometimes we I, I like how Jimmy did this this morning in the sermon where he didn't he didn't leave it at the at the incarnation without showing the incarnation is there for a reason. It's to get us toward the cross. Yeah. Uh, making sure that you Christmas is always uh, also about the cross. I, I, I do that. Um, and then again, the the sense of wonder, uh, allow the culture's use of and desire for wonder and awe during Christmas to be something you use to help paint uh, a picture for your kids of the glory of God through Christ. Yeah. That's any, good. Uh, any good uh, Advent devotionals or Christmas devotionals that you guys like? Oh, we used one a few years ago. I'm trying to think of which one it was. Um, I'd, ha I'd have to look it up. I don't remember the name of it. I, we I, use the th Bible. Tim, Tim Keller has, Tim Keller has something. One. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I know. I know we've had that. Uh, I know John Piper has uh, like an Advent poem book. Yep. 
uh, as well. Paul David Tripp has one. Um, I haven't read it, but I hear good things about it. Come let us adore him. Daily Advent no, devotion. We that. It's like it's like it's like you were saying, Steve. Like all of these are opportunities. Yeah. Right. And it, it, like we have them all year long in a variety of ways. These are just so on the nose and obvious. Like we we have no excuse to like take every opportunity. We, we've read uh, some of these to our kids during like breakfast. We've done some of the devotional things. Mm-hmm. We do an Advent calendar with candles, and uh, we do a lot of different stuff. But there are a lot of things to, that you can use out there. And there's Advent devotionals out there for free by good churches that you can just download. Yeah. Like you don't even have to spend money on there. You just go to the library, get online, and go and and download them. Yeah, well, Nancy. Uh, by the way, sorry, uh, Nancy Guthrie's uh, "Come Thou Long Expected Jesus," I b- believe, was the one that we used uh, a while back. Yeah, Jimmy for- uses you use "Mary, Did You Know?" Is that like <laughs> by Warren Wiersbe? Yeah, yeah that's, like that? the that's, that's the one. That's the one. called "Baby, It's Cold Out." <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, no, we do a treasure chest. So we have a treasure chest, uh, and every morning there's something in there for the kids. And That's so cool. they, you know, they receive something, and then we do like a, a, a Bible reading and prayer. And then you, Christmas morning, you know, Jesus kind of a thing. And then we talk about, well, the greatest treasure that we could receive is, is our Lord and Savior coming. You know, uh, putting on flesh and dwelling among yeah. us for your salvation. Does the elf on the shelf put the stuff in the treasure chest? We don't do the elf on the oh, shelf. Oh, okay. Jimmy good. does the belt on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you better be. Hey, you better be. Hey, whoop that butt. I, I woke up this morning and there was a belt on the shelf. <laughs> I would say a, a piece of advice for parents that because you want to give your your kids good gifts. Um, I would I, one piece of advice would be uh, do not give your kids too many gifts. Yeah. yeah, and it's it is, and it's not just because they're going to miss Jesus in light of. Listen, you can give your kid one gift, and that one gift can be a distraction. Anything can be a distraction, but um, most parents that I know um, are going to give their kids a few things. You know, some things. Um, some struggle with giving them too much, but usually it's grandma and grandpa. Usually it's like there's other people in the family that are going to overdo it. Yeah, let them do it. And no, no, don't let them do it. I mean, I would let say have the it. have the conversation because when your kid gets twenty five gifts on Christmas Day they all have far less meaning and value to them than if they only get a few well thought out, nice gifts. I'm, I'm concerned about them getting so many that they're just, they're, they're forgotten. They're broken. They're not, they're not significant. I can give you uh one of the ways that we did that for, for yeah, years. Matter of fact, We might, I don't know if we're going to do it this year. Our kids are all older. Our youngest is 15. So it's a very different experience, college age kids and all of that. But we did uh, want it, read it, wear it, need it. So something that they want, something that they can read, something they can wear, and then something that they need. You need to write more books and stuff, dude. I know. It makes us so mad. We're trying to get you to do a podcast. You're like, I don't think I invented this. Rubble, rubble. Rebel, rebel. So, okay, say that again. Your your way of helping your kids think through the- simplify Christmas and the gifts of Christmas into want it, read it, wear it, need it. Dang it! That's why Steve's such a good parent. That's why he's so good. Will you be my dad, please? <laughs> Who, who's your Who's your daddy? Steve? <laughs> Paul, Maxwell. <laughs> Paul Maxwell. <laughs> he's everybody's daddy. At the same time, though, I think I, I I love your advice, Joe. I also think don't give cruddy gifts, though. Don't give cruddy gifts. Like they should be thoughtful. Thoughtful. Yeah, that's just it. Like unless they're the cool. Like my my uh, my son Elijah has candy corn socks. They're amazing. Travel has Abe Lincoln socks. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so like Cohen when he was younger, uh, 
you know, we only had a few gifts, uh, and they were all like clothes. And so he started opening them, he's opening them, and by like the fourth one, he's like, I'm done. I don't want <laughs> done. I'm yeah. like, and we're like, no, open up one more. He's like, nah, out, <laughs> out. I'm like, dude, I promise it's a toy. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we got to be careful how we explain that, right? Because some people do not have money. They don't have yeah. much money at all. And so, the, you know, sometimes the gift is going to be very uh, inexpensive. It, but but what you can, I think the thing is, is if, yeah, I'm not if, talking you're, about expensive. if you're honest with your kids about where you're at in life and how the family is doing, um, and obviously some of that is age dependent, how much they understand, but they're going to know that mom and dad like sacrifice to use Steve's word. They sacrifice to give me this gift and they, and I know they want to give me good gifts. They want to give me more even. So I, I think, I think what you're saying, Jimmy is, is, you know, you have to have them in mind when you're giving the gift, Correct. not yourself. Like I know, uh, like Jen, anytime, like she looks at someone's wish list on Amazon, uh, or something. She's always like, great. This is what I get to choose from. And it's like, well, listen, hon, it's not about what you want to give them. It's about what they would desire and yeah. like to have. And you're kind of focused on, you know, like my mom would be like, what do you want for Christmas? And I would say, I want Stomper Mountain. You know, it's this foam mountain and the Stomper truck rides up it. She I goes, love Stompers. Stomper Mountain. Well, here's what she said. She goes, you don't want that. Well, no, actually, that's why I told you that's what I want. It's exactly what I want. I want Stomper Mountain. And, um, but she always would set aside like her, like, Oh, this is such a dumb gift to give me something that I actually desired. Yeah. So I think, I think what you're talking about there, just to put a finer point on it is, and, and maybe you could expand on this. So giving them a cruddy gift is giving them a gift that, that what it isn't something that they it's would that enjoy they, or value or could use. Well, correct. It's not something like that, that they're desiring or needing. It's what you're putting upon them. So it's like, well, my in-laws don't listen. My wife's side of the family, I've, I told them years ago, stop giving me gifts. Just stop. Just give me an Amazon gift card. I'll get what I want from that. And it was just because, they, you know, I mean. The joy of, and wonder of Christmas. Yeah, the joy and wonder of Christmas. Because of distance, you know, like yeah. they only know so much of me. And so they're left uh, to guess upon themselves. You really think it's going to blame it on distance? Is that what you're going to blame it on I'm trying to right give now? the benefit of the oh, doubt here. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> There's going to be some disconnect on the things that I like and the things that I read and the things that I do, my hobbies and stuff. And so I don't want to leave them guessing because right. I think part of it, too, is as you receive a gift, part of the value of the gift is using the gift. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not going to use the gift, I'm not going to properly appreciate the sacrifice that they that they did yeah. in giving me that gift. So sacrifice in the way I want you to sacrifice so that I can enjoy your sacrifice. Mm. There you go. <laughs> I think one of the things to keep in mind when you're, when I'm you're a horrible talking, person, here's what, here's what good husbands and good wives and good parents do. And I'm not claiming to be one here is they don't need a list from their kids or their wife. No, they know they're paying attention. They heard their spouse say like Jen, um, I mentioned it once in passing that I, I really wanted these bourbon glasses made by bullet and she got me a set of those, I, which shocked me and greatly pleased me. She had me in mind and, and I was on her heart like a good parent. Yeah. It, it's not wrong to have a list or to ask for a list, but you do, you shouldn't need it if you're paying attention to your child. This is why God, who loves us as a father and is kindly disposed to give us good gifts, knows exactly what to give us. Mm. It's not just because he knows everything. It's because he knows us and he watches us and he cares for us and he's involved in our lives and a good parent or a good spouse will do the same thing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right. So uh, bottom line is uh, don't lie to your kids. Let them enjoy the holiday. Yeah. Point them to Jesus and uh, watch Die Hard. 
I agree with most of those things. No, nothing. You can't enjoy Christmas until you see Hans Gruber falling off Nakatomi Tower. Yeah. That's good for you guys. In slow-mo. In slow-mo. Mm. I'm happy to watch it at Christmas, but also every other time of the year, just like oh, any good movie. <laughs> no, no. See, we do, we do, uh, we watch all of them in order. You got to skip two. No, no. I two like two. Two is terrible. I skip four. I don't think I've ever seen anything but the first one. The first one's good. The third one is good. Third one's good. Uh, you could still do the second one. Second one's no, all right. Second one's all right. It's better good. than... It's not better than three. It, it, no, no, no. I agree with you on that. Yeah. It's better than four and yeah. five. Yeah, Bruce Willis jumped the shark, you know? Yeah, he did. He fonzied that thing. He did. And uh, not not so great. Hey. Spoiler alert. I haven't seen it. Thanks, though. <laughs> when he jumped the shark? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it's okay. amazing. He lives. It's amazing. So, Jimmy, if uh, if we want to hear from people on this, we want to hear, mm-hmm. like, hey, are, are you pro-Santa? Are you anti-Santa? Do you celebrate Christmas at all? Are you Jehovah's Witnesses? What do you do? Um, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter, at like Doc that. and Devo, yeah. or on Facebook slash Dr. Devotion. You can head on the website, drdevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, jofostore.com. Don't want to give, you don't want to give credit gifts and give the gift of the jofo yeah everyone wants that we have our 2019 that, that, fits, the, that fits the wear it category by the way it does yes it and does. desire it mm. <laughs> and need read it and need it perfect gift. christmas shopping <laughs> you're done. welcome fresh pod every monday thursday blog posts on wednesdays video content one available later